Well, if you're going to be dude love, then I'll have to be Hulkamania, brother. Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. When me and all the Hulkamaniacs come into the Trump Towers in Atlantic City, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another installment of the Retro Junkies. I'm one of your co-hosts, Landon, and as always with me, my good buddies, Rob Luther and Nick Stevens. How y'all doing, guys? Doing great. I'm doing well, man. Thanks for, uh, why am I saying thanks for having us? We're always on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on Nick's show for too long. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's been a while since we've recorded it, uh, our last episode, but I'm, I'm happy to be back in the swing of things again. Uh, and I think we're going to go ahead and try to cram the next you know, two or three episodes in within the same month because we've got some pretty good games lined up for the next few episodes, eh? Hey. Hey. <laughs> Spooky games. <laughs> yeah, I know. Terrifying games for Halloween. Absolutely so, ghoulish. I guess, um, I guess there's a few shout-outs we want to give. Uh, Lan, you want to do the first one, my man? Uh, sure. Uh, first shout out, as always, goes to our uh, good buddy Brian Rapallo. Uh, he's with the Retro Gaming Times Monthly Online Magazine, and he's kind of the the force behind the scenes with the Retro Junkies. He's the he's the guy that pulls the curtain up and does the lights and the sound all at once with all of the the technology that we use and websites. So. He's also the guy that gives us great meatloaf videos and just random videos from the 70s and 80s. <laughs> I rocked out with some meatloaf that he sent me the other night. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Uh, the next shout-out I want to give is to our good friend, uh, John Wedgworth. Uh, he was on our show last episode. Uh, very, very musically inclined kind of guy. He has um, a Nerd Noise Radio uh, Facebook page, uh, and he's got actually two different... Uh, types. He's got one dedicated to solely video game music, and then the other is dedicated to chiptune music. So if um, just basically search up Nerd Noise Radio on Facebook, you'll find his websites. Uh, this guy knows a lot about video game music, so big shout out to him. Um, he's also got an article, uh, or actually a series of articles on RetroGamingTimes.com where he talks about fanboyism and the 16-bit console wars, you know, of the early 90s. And I think the latest issue, he talks about the Neo Geo quite a bit. Uh, I have not read it yet. Sorry, John. But uh, but check uh, check it out when you get the chance, and I'll try to check it out myself when I get the chance. Uh, next shout-out goes to our good friend Nick DeMarco, a.k.a. Atari Man. Um, he does some awesome articles on uh, Ret- Retro Gaming Times Monthly, and uh, he has a great stand-up act uh, poking fun at nothing but Rob Luther. It's got a... So There's he, a lot of ammo there, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he, he likes to uh, he, he kind of give Rob a hard time about his uh, pearly whites. So <laughs> give give uh, Nick a... Uh, of course, you know, I like Nick. We have the same first name, so that kind of helps. That's right. That's big, right. big shout out to the Atari man. <laughs> He's got a great series of articles. Um, I think his column name is Turn to Channel 3. Uh, and I think, as a matter of fact, the, the latest issue of Retro Gaming Times, he did an article on a TurboGrafx-16 game. I just can't remember... Um, what particular game it was. I, th- I think it was uh, Keith Courage, but I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, go check that out. Okay, next shout out I want to give is to Derek Slayton. And uh, guys, I don't know if you knew this, but Derek is working on a different, uh, a new project now. It is an Atari 2600 encyclopedia. So I'm really Ooh, excited to check this out. Awesome. Yeah. 
yeah, he said he said he had a whole bunch of new scans he, he had found. Uh, so I just can't wait to see what he's got in store for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. I think we're all kind of younger. Like, we, we didn't grow up with a 2600, did we? I know I did. Did you guys? No. No, I kind of came in on the, the tail end of it. I remember playing uh, blackjack on it with my dad when I was about three or four. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. my older brother had one, and we used to have his big wicker basket full of games. And I, I vaguely remember playing, like, bowling maybe. So. I, I, I didn't actually get mine until um, uh, when I was with Landon not, not <laughs> long ago. I guess that was about ten years ago. And the lady was very interesting who sold it to me. She had a parrot on her shoulder. and <laughs> But she gave me a great deal on a 2600. <laughs> she did. She, uh, she had a lot of nice stuff there, too. I think I got a couple of games from her that day, too. Yeah, she was very nice, very nice. But I remember us taking home Pac-Man for the 2600, and I remember Landon and I playing it, and yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it's, not, it was, it's not great. It's, it was the disappointment it, of the 80s and the 2000s all over again. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. reliving all that anguish and pain. <laughs> yeah. Big shout out to Derek. Uh, check out his stuff. He's on Facebook. He's, um, I think he's under the tag, the Video Game Archaeologist. He um, has his own Facebook page, and he tries to keep all his projects up, up to date on um, his Facebook page. So if you're curious about that and some of the other projects he's worked on, such as his monthly magazine, or I think it's bi-monthly magazine, called the Video Game Archaeologist and his Sega Master System Encyclopedia. Check out his Facebook page. Podcasters we want to give shout-outs to is uh, Ferg from the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast. Ferg has been a friend of ours since the very beginning. Uh, he's a guy we really respect, and I think he's a guy that's also well-respected in the retro gaming community. So if you haven't checked out his podcast, it's very informative. He's just got a quality show, and it's a weekly show where he covers at least one to two games per episode. So uh, check out his podcast. And another podcast that we really like is the No Quarter Podcast. Uh, those guys have actually hit 52 episodes, uh, so they haven't missed one episode within the year. So, uh, you know, kudos to those guys. We seem to, uh, you know, put off our stuff like every other week. <laughs> we're they make us look bad. We're slackers. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's the truth. Or another podcast I'd like to give a shout out to is Excess Gaming Podcast, uh, and that's our friends Xander and James. Uh, they have a podcast dedicated to classic and modern video games. It's uh, I think they they put up put out their episodes at least you know every other week. So uh, I think they're up to thirty some episodes now. Uh, and their last one, um, I think they interviewed the video game music micro professor or something like that. <laughs> but but it was a very good episode. Um, check them out. Uh, they're on iTunes and they're on Podomatic.com. And I also want to give Rob O'Hara a huge shout-out. Uh, he's got two podcasts he's involved with, uh, which are um, You Don't Know Flack and uh, Throwback Reviews. I happen to buy two of his books. Uh, one's dedicated to arcade collecting, and the other's dedicated to the Commodore 64. So um, kind of a novice at both. Uh, I recently bought a Commodore 64. I still don't have all the hookups yet, but uh, I've been reading his book. On that, and uh, you know, he covers video games. He covers you know retro computers in that book. Also, I've been reading his Invading Spaces book, which is the arcade collecting book, and uh, it's very informative. It's very entertaining. He's quite the writer. So, again, that's Invading Spaces and Commodore. So check out his books. Um, they're on his website, which is www.robohara.com, uh, and he's also got two quality podcasts. So, so definitely check him out. Next one goes out to a new friend. Uh, met this guy here probably about a month ago at the uh, Retro Gamer uh, store in Canton, North Carolina. His name is uh, David Thomas, and he is the owner and, uh, I guess, builder at 
yourhomearcade.com is his website. I think the name of his company, though. Let me look it up here. Is Arcade Headquarters. What David and his wife, Diane, who are both really nice people, I talked to them probably for about 20 or 30 minutes the day I met them. Uh, what he does is he builds uh, home arcade cabinets and, you know, sells them to businesses or to, you know, folks like us who are really into retro gaming and have a little extra cash to, to spend. Uh, he sells arcade cabinets to them. Uh, at the Retro Gamer, when I was there, he unloaded a stand-up multi-cade, which had probably about 10 or 15 games in it. And then he unloaded a, a cocktail table that had the same amount of games in it. I mean, it had all the classics. You've got Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, Galaga, uh, nice. Dig Dug, Burger Time. <laughs> Oh, he had Burger Time? He, I didn't dude, know he had Burger Time, and I, like, cried when I saw that. I'm horrible at Burger Time. <laughs> <laughs> were they in pretty good shape? Like They the were. Co- they, cosmetic? Oh, they are awesome. Like, what he does is he actually builds everything from scratch. Like, he gets, you know, two or three big pieces of wood. He cuts the designs out. He finishes them. He paints them. You know, he can put custom logos on the side for you. Just a really nice guy, really knowledgeable about his arcade games. The, the cabinets are really nice. He uh, he said, you know, if anybody's interested, that he would love to have your business. I know they uh, they have an office in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and Johnson mm-hmm. City, Tennessee. So he has two offices he works out of. But he can he can do some really amazing stuff. And he's got some uh, some demo well not demos, but I guess you could say uh, some of his handiwork on his website. He's got a really nice uh, cocktail table that's made out of like cherry. And it's, and it's got a tempered uh, glass top on it where you can put, like, drinks and stuff and spill them on there and they won't go into the cabinet or anything. <laughs> nice. But he can uh, he can customize it to about anything. He's got a really nice Dallas Cowboys cocktail table on there, too, that I really liked. <laughs> so so let, me, let me ask you this, Landon. Um, do you think, you know, he, he can make one, you know, pretty enough to where my wife would put up with uh, me buying one for the house? Oh, definitely. <laughs> kind of make it look like it's not even an arcade machine. Oh, yeah. It's like a piece of furniture. <laughs> yeah, make it look just like a normal table. Sweet. That's awesome. There you go, Rob. I'd be like, like, honey, just ignore that screen below. That's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it sound like Donkey Kong? Oh, that's... Uh, uh, that's my ringtone. Yeah, that's my ringtone. I, it, it, it's, a, it's a cell phone table. You know, you can call from it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nick, uh, I know you have a show that we're really big fans of. Would you like to promote that? Uh, any chance I get, I'll promote it. <laughs> boy. Um, the show uh, I have with a good friend of mine, uh, Ryan, is the 90s Entertainment Show, and we call it NES Podcast for short. Uh, the format of the show, every year we go over a entertainment subject, usually two or three from that year. So the first episode, for instance, was 1990. We went over Super Mario Brothers 3, the Ninja Turtles movie, and we talked about the 1990 World Series. Anyways, we're actually getting ready to hit our 10th episode. So it's it's, it's kind of exciting. We're, we're talking about doing some special things. So uh, if you'd like to check us out, we'd really like you to stay involved in at our Facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash NES podcast. Uh, we, we've been launching some um, just some cool contests. We gave away a prize last week. Uh, I've been going out there and um, we started a Name That Tune contest where I'm just going to play a random guitar riff from the 90s and you have to answer the artist and the title and I'll, you know, we're going to send you a real cool prize. So stay involved in that. And uh, Also, something new that um, I've been doing with my son lately and, and uh, I believe we're going to try to get a official video of it at the uh, Junkies website. Is, uh, we're calling it Retro Junior 
Thanks again, Rob, for that <laughs> for that name. I, I've been filming my son playing the games we're going over, and it's just been a blast. He, he kind of it, it's just fun to listen to his little commentaries and and how he does things. <laughs> He's almost four years old, so uh, that's something to just to kind of stay up to date on. Check out the Facebook page or uh, theretrojunkies.com. I've been talking to Brian. We're going to try to get like a little intro video together to make it look a little bit more professional. <laughs> and, nah, that's really cool. And, and hopefully, I can get like a tripod or something so the uh, video isn't shaking up and down the whole time. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> I'm, I'm literally just holding my iPhone up, uh, filming him play this game. So. Nice. So, but it's, it's been so much fun. We kind of started just playing around on the uh, Ninja Turtles arcade game and uh, got a lot of uh, shares and likes. On, I thought that might be a good idea just to kind of keep up with the uh, with the show. So we're just going to start doing that. So it'll be it'll be fun to see uh, his reaction to some of these October games we're going to be playing. So. <laughs> He's going to be like, Daddy, these games aren't scary at all. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, we, 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 we bought Friday the 13th and we were playing around on that today. And he's like, this isn't scary. <laughs> Why are they throwing rocks? <laughs> I should I should have got that on film. I forgot to hit record. <laughs> it's like, how come my rock's not hitting him? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's LJN? Why does it stink? No, he doesn't. <laughs> but anyways, well, I, yeah, ch- check that out. I, I think we're just going to keep doing that. We've been having a good time getting my son involved in this. Yeah, that, dude, I've, I've loved seeing those videos. And, you know, and a big shout out to your show. Uh, Len and I love it. You know, how long have you guys been doing this now? Uh, looking back, I think of maybe May or June, maybe. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's been at least three or four months. That's great, man. I mean, yeah. you're already 10 episodes. You're going to lap us, man. Yeah, we'll see. And, and, and Ryan's expecting his uh, third child, so we're. He, I, I definitely want him to, sh- to show up for the 10th episode. Rob filled in for him last time for the 9th episode, so we're uh, we're tossing around trying to figure out <laughs> when he's going to be available. He's going to have three kids running around now, so a little bit more difficult on him. <laughs> Dude, that was so much fun, by the way, man. Just oh, talking yeah. Pokemon and Waterboy, that was, I had a blast. Yeah. That was awesome. At 5.30 a.m. in the morning. Was, <laughs> <laughs> I sounded so tired. I'm like, oh, wow, that sounds bad. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, if I had a quarter for every time I laughed in that episode, like, I, yeah, yeah, I, I think I'd be a rich man. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I laugh. I'm, I'm, I think Ryan, when Ryan listened to it, he said I sounded a little extra slap happy than I usually do. So. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I was like, yeah. <laughs> Well, awesome. Um, I, I guess we have a few announcements we want to give, I guess, before we get into it. Uh, I think we have a few announcements we'd like to give. Uh, for one, we're going to have a new format uh, to our show. In theory, you know, Landon, Nick, and I, we want to release these episodes bi-weekly. And we're thinking our goal is to cover one classic console game a month and one classic arcade game a month. So basically, we're just going to rotate them. So that that's the, the plan for now. See, I think primarily we've been concentrating on console games. Um, but I, I I know we all have soft spots for arcade games, and I think that's one reason why we want to kind of... At first, I guess I was hoping maybe we could do a separate podcast dedicated to just classic arcade games, but no, I, I don't think any of us had the time for that. <laughs> so I thought this was a nice, happy medium to, uh, you know, keep the... Um, love for both you know the classic console games and the classic arcade games so that's that's the format there um so actually that'll probably start in november after we cover the next two games we're going to be uh uh, reviewing so another big announcement we want to make is uh if you haven't checked out uh, our turtle flakes podcast if you're a ninja turtle fan please check it out because we had an awesome interview with pat fraley if you don't know he was the voice of krang and baxter and casey jones and burn i mean he was you know pretty much half of the characters in the ninja turtles so <laughs> so nice 
so generous with his information, um, and he even recorded some intros for our Turtle Flake show. So uh, if you haven't checked that out, please check that out. We're on iTunes. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash turtleflakespodcast. Um, and even if you're not a Turtle uh, fan, check out this episode if you're into voice acting or, or acting in general because he gives a lot of advice. Just It was a blast to interview him. Uh, Retro Gaming Times Monthly Magazine Halloween Edition is out. Um, we've got articles such as Halloween with the Genesis, King vs. Kong by Brian Blake, the Neo Geo article uh, by our good buddy John, uh, the Keith Courage review by Nick. It was Keith Courage. I oh, love that name, by the way, you know? Keith Courage? <laughs> Keith Courage, yep. Well, I thought you meant Nick. That is a good name, too. Oh, that's a good no, name, that's too. Good. That's okay. Not as good as Rob. <laughs> we also got NFL games for the Commodore 64 by Andrew Fisher. Uh, looks like a stacked issue this month. Yeah, yeah, and Lane and I, we were slackers, eh? We, we didn't have time to write one. We were too busy getting our Halloween costumes together. <laughs> hey, we, we need to dress up this year. What, what are we going to be? Um, hmm. I'm trying to think of the... I know who I'm going to be. Who are you going to be? I'm going to be Dude Love. Dude Love? Oh, have mercy. <laughs> well, if you're going to be Dude Love, then I'll have to be Hulkamania, brother. Let me tell you something, <laughs> Mean Gene. <laughs> See, uh, Nick, he's way too good at that, man. That's really good. <laughs> when me and all the Hulkamaniacs come into the Trump Towers in Atlantic City, brother... <laughs> What, so they can gamble? Uh- <laughs> well, you know, that that was that was the only promo I could think of is when he said that he rode a, a wave or a shark into Atlantic City that one year for WrestleMania. <laughs> only he could get away with that. <laughs> he could. And nobody questioned it. They're like, oh, yeah, well, he's Hulk. He can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I totally buy that. Oh, me too. Me too. Uh, a big announcement. Uh, speaking of, um, you know, <laughs> wrestling, <laughs> that was an excellent transition. Um, speaking of wrestling, we have a huge announcement. Well, we're, we're still in the talking phase right now, but we're partnering up with a store. Uh, it's a uh, computer services store, but it's also a retro gaming store in Canton, North Carolina, um, that uh, is, co- is known as the Retro Gamer. And Landon and I kind of got an idea for a possible tournament that we'd like to host there. And the folks at the Retro Gamer, uh, Rob and Kelly, they've been incredibly nice. Um, and they want to host it as well. And we really don't know particularly what we're going to do yet, but we're calling it Retromania. Now, Lan and I have to call him up and uh, you know discuss some more details with him, but it's going to be for a good cause. We do know that much. We're pretty excited about it. And Nick, I heard you might even come down. <laughs> There's a good chance. Sweet! <laughs> we're, we're, we're working out the details. That's not too weird, is it? You know? No, gosh, no, no. <laughs> That's what I told him, because my, my wife got excited, because we thought, well, we'll just leave the kids, and we'll, we'll just take a little weekend, you know, I'll, she, she can drop me off, I can play games with you all, she can go shopping, and, and then we can enjoy the weekend, doing whatever, whatever's in the oh, area. So, awesome. There we go. So, so it's definitely... Retro Junkie reunion. We're definitely, uh, yeah, we're definitely in, in the uh, discussion phase of it, so. Nice, nice. So, uh, we will keep you posted on that, but it'll be soon. It's going to probably be in the winter time before we can actually do it, but, um... You know, once we have more details, we will let you guys know, especially if you're in the Western North Carolina region. Uh, we will keep you posted on Retromania at the Retro Gamer in Canton. Last thing I want to uh, say is uh, to I want to welcome uh, a lot of our new members that are on our Facebook page, or a lot of um, the new uh, managers on our Facebook page, I guess you could say. Um, John's on there now. Nick, a.k.a. Atari Man's on there. Um, my buddy Josh Witt from Turtle Flakes, he's on there. And, of course, Brian's on there. 
and Brent Dolan is on there. So I just wanted to welcome you guys. We're really happy to have you on there. Welcome aboard, um, guys. Arr. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Landon, we'll start with you, my man. Have you been up to anything retro lately? Play any good games or anything retro? I have. I've been uh, hitting up the original Pokemon. Really? Yeah. Uh, red or blue? Red. Nice. I had blue. Hey. I had blue as a kid, and I found a copy of Red. And I'm like, oh, I'll try Red. I like it. Uh, so who did who'd you choose? Did you choose Squirtle? Char the little baby Charmander. I gotta ask you, is that the first one you ever had when you were growing up? Oh, no, no. I chose uh, Bulbasaur when I first started. Oh, uh, Venusaur, right? Is, is, is that is that like his evolved I think, form? Yeah, he, I think he's Venusaur, the one that has the plant on its back. Yes. Yeah, that was yes, one I chose. that's the one I got. I, I named mine after uh, Nick. I called him Hoser Nick. <laughs> Hoser Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, sweet, sweet. What, you been playing anything else? Uh, Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll get to that. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so how about you, uh, Nick? You been up to anything retro lately? Yeah. Um, for those of you listening to the NES podcast, you've heard the past few episodes. I've moved into a new house, so I've uh, been slowly getting my little retro. Uh, it, it's nice now because I actually have space for all my retro <laughs> junk. And, uh, I have like a little corner in our basement now. I'm actually this is where I'm sitting now, but uh, I just got a CRT TV so I can play some of these old games in the nice. true format. You know, I had I had a Genesis and I had it hooked up to a uh, plasma TV and it just didn't look real good. So right. I, I got that going. I got two TVs set up with my computer and it's that, that's kind of in my uh, retro world right now. But man, uh, look at you. Yeah, yeah. Professional now. Might have to actually share a picture. But uh, as far as playing games, I've been playing a lot of NBA Jam lately. That's it's one of those <laughs> games I always go back to. The original NBA Jam on Sega. I can play that anytime. So that's I played that a lot the past few weeks. Nice, nice. I always love the music in that game. Yeah, well, I know like John Wedgeworth was talking about the uh, character or the team selection. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's great. Really got into that. So it's. It's funny because I'm not really a big sports games fan, modern gaming, but I can always go back to NBA Jam and I'm always playing King Griffey Jr.'s uh, baseball for Super Nintendo. Oh, I love that game. Yeah, I'm always playing that game <laughs> one way or another. So yeah, I mean that's really just setting up my uh, retro, my retro area, I guess you call it, my house. So. Now I gotta ask you um, that uh, King Griffey game. Were, were those all real teams in that game? Just fictional yeah. characters? Yeah, real teams, fictional characters, but the characters all had the real stats of the of the player oh. they were trying to imitate. Yep, so that's like, right. Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm a big Braves fan, and uh, take Fred McGriff for instance. His nickname was the Crime Dog, and his name in the game was D Dot Crime, and it was <laughs> you know, he had the same number, the same stats. So you could actually and you could actually go into the game, and I did this when I was a kid. I uh, just for the Braves, I didn't do the whole league, but you could change the names. So I actually, actually had ah. you know, put Dave Justice and Ron Gant and Terry Pendleton. I actually put all those names in there. So. Nice, nice. And that's a way around the licensing, too. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, well, for me, I haven't been up to a whole lot besides playing Pokemon Red 2. So <laughs> I should call this the Pokemon podcast. The Pokecast. <laughs> but um, speaking of TVs, you mentioned TVs, Nick. Um, I actually found uh, – I went up to New Jersey and saw my dad uh, about a week ago. And I actually found the same TV that was uh, that I had growing up. Played my first video game uh, ever, which was an old black and white TV uh, that uh, kind of sat in the corner of my room. And <laughs> I remember, I think I had bad grades, you know, second or third grade or something like that. And my mom actually took it out of my room, and I never really saw it again. 
Well, I happened to see it uh, this time around when I went to uh, my dad's. I, it was, uh, I was going down in the basement. I was getting some uh, lawn equipment and stuff. I saw it there. It was on top of um, his old washer. And I was like, holy cow, is that my old uh, TV? So I looked at it. I mean, it was covered in dust and everything. Of course, it was like a classic wood grain. Um, But yeah, uh, so I found that, and that kind of blew my mind. That was really cool to see that, because I probably hadn't seen that TV since I was about eight or nine years old. So Um, uh, so I I set that up. It's actually in the the game room here at my house uh, here in North Carolina now. And... uh, the only uh, game I've been playing is Pokemon. Um, I've, I've been playing a little bit of that. I played a little bit last night, as a matter of fact. And uh, oh, gosh, I'm I'm just like outside Viridian City. I mean, I don't, I don't I'm not even very far <laughs> at all. So, yeah. I, but, guess, I guess I, I guess I should say I've been playing that too since we did cover it in yeah. the last NES podcast. I yeah. kind of forgot about that. For more information, <laughs> check out NES podcast on iTunes, yeah. <laughs> episode nine. That's right. That's right. <laughs> My sister actually found a copy of NHL '96 boxed at uh, an Andrews Flea Market. Uh, uh, here at um, North Carolina. So, uh, yeah, she found a box. And, and actually, I was reading the back of it. It's kind of funny. It says, um, strap on your helmet and cinch up your skates because this is ice hockey, not nice hockey. <laughs> a fast and furious all-out assault on your senses where breakaways are met with bone quacking. Bone quack? It says quack. It's for, for Mighty Ducks, maybe? I was thinking. <laughs> bone quacking body checks. Uh, let's see. Skate faster. Stop quicker. Line it up and let it fly. This is the ultimate in breakneck blistering sports action. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, it was a very, very big shout out to my sister and my brother-in-law. Thank you for picking this up if you're listening. Uh, love you guys. And that was very cool. She, I think she got it for a buck. So, very cool. Yeah, can't beat that. Heck yeah. No, no. The only other boxed, I think, hockey game I have is NHL 94. So, very cool. Very cool. Sweet. we'll go over some of the topics that were on the forums um, and the first topic was started by partsman26 who's actually been very active on our forums so uh, a partsman we appreciate it man I, th- I think that his name's Chad but I could be wrong on that he posted this topic uh, it's uh, favorite video game commercials growing up do you guys remember any like Landon we'll start with you oh goodness uh, let's see I remember the <clears throat> it was like a combo commercial it was ice hockey for the nes and rc pro am nice i liked that one i like the one for mike tyson's punch out where he's like sitting in front of like all these tv screens like playing it <laughs> what i don't think i've seen that one I either i'm trying to think i, I guess think that's before he got in trouble that was before he got in trouble yeah like <laughs> he doesn't have the face tattoo and <laughs> that was that was back when he was the the baddest man on the planet and all that. So before he was a cannibal, <laughs> yeah. Before he started eating ears, and yeah. I remember all the Sega like Sega does want Nintendo don't commercials. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. lots of those. I really liked the Jurassic Park, where you know it kind of shows the opening of the game where the T Rex is coming out. And, he eats the Sega, and he screams Sega, and then he burps really loud. I don't know why I thought that was so funny, but I guess I just thought he had a cool burp. <laughs> well, that, that that was also, um, you know, when you first cut on the game for the Sega Genesis, you go, Rega. Yep. <laughs> good do times, do, good do that again, Rob. Rega. I like that. <laughs> How about you, Nick? It, it, you know, it wasn't really a particular game that was what caught my eye. It was uh, hearing anything about Sega... Was it Sega TV, Sega Channel, or something? Oh yeah. yeah, gosh, I forgot all about those commercials. Yeah, yeah, and and wanting that so bad. You know, I, I hadn't had a Sega very long at that time, and 
you know, spending all the money getting the system and then having to pay. I, I don't even know how much it costs. That'd be something neat to, to look at, see how much Sega, the Sega channel costs. You know, that was way before its time. That's kind of like the Netflix of video games back in the 90s. Right, yeah. But uh, I remember really wanting that because it was just free games all the time. I didn't have to ride my bike down to the nearest rental store to get any game I wanted to. It's right there. you know. And there's a lot of a... I think there's even some cool exclusive stuff for the Earthworm Gym that came out. I mean, it was... I, nice. It, I, I just remember not being real funny or anything, but just really wanting that. And that that's what, you know, my memory of a commercial catching my eye. As a matter of fact, I just searched it up. Looks like the Sega Channel cost fourteen ninety five per month uh, with a $25 activation fee. So That's not bad. That, no, no, that's not bad at all. Heck, I'd probably pay that right now. Oh yeah, between Netflix and Hulu, I'm paying fourteen dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I know the feeling, man. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I remember my neighbor had a Sega Channel, and uh, I would go over there all the time. And it seemed like every month they would have a new um, a batch of games. And I just remember playing Road Rash like two and three on there. Uh, I remember playing uh, Golden X, I think two for the first time on there. Uh, just man, I had so many good times with the Sega Channel, and I re- I remember some of those commercials now that you mention it. Yeah, and and yeah. My, my friend who had it, that's the first time I ever played Beavis and Butthead on Sega, which that, that game was great. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> but uh, that game was fantastic, and I got to play that. I actually have a copy now. I went back and bought it a few about a year ago, but um, <laughs> yeah, we played just, that game's really not that bad. It's no, really not. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of searching, and you know, it's, it's you can't get through this level without having this piece of the ticket or whatever. I know you're trying to go see Guar. So, <laughs> greatest fan ever. Yeah, and, and then I think your attacks were like burping and farting. So, I mean, it's just... <laughs> so, anyways. I think I remember... There was actually a couple. I think I remember one. It was... Uh, do you, did you guys ever play the Iron... Uh, is it Iron Sword for NES? It was the Wizards and Warriors 2 game? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Iron Swords or Iron, Iron Sword. It had Fabio on the say, cover. Yeah, Fabio. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember there was a commercial for that where this kid's playing a, a video game, and then all of a sudden, like, Fabio or, or some muscular dude just kicks the door open and tells him uh, he's got a sword in his hand. Now, I'm sorry. You know, if I'm a kid and somebody kicks my door open and has a sword in their hand, I'm going to freak out a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I do remember that, and I remember... It wasn't a funny commercial, but I remember um, it was a game I really, really wanted and I never got. And I actually didn't play it until I went over to your house, actually, this past year, Landon. It was a Rocket Knight Adventure uh, uh, commercial. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, I remember this grandmother playing the video game and then Rocket Knight, like, bust through the wall. Uh, so I remember that. So um, I remember wanting that game so bad because I remember there's a scene where Rocket Knight's kind of you know, flying through this waterfall and thinking, whoa, the graphics on this game look amazing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I remember wanting that game and never actually getting it. But all these years later, thanks to the Retro Gamer and thanks to Landon, I've gotten to play it. So, <laughs> Sounds yeah. like and all it the is- memories are, are sex Sega games. That's cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess that's it for me. I, I, don't, I can't really remember too many other ones, except for maybe um, I remember, I think it was The Return of Joker. For the NES, I think there was a commercial for that, and that was another one where it stood out to me because the graphics looked really good, and it really was a late NES release. It was a Sunsoft game, so the music, I remember, I I got it years later, um, but the music was very good in the game. But anyways, I remember um, the preview for it uh, when it had first come out, and I remember asking for it for Christmas, I think in 92 or 91, and I didn't get it, but that was okay, because I got uh, Ninja Turtles 3 
that that same year so that was okay yeah it's all right <laughs> <laughs> come on almost finally yeah <laughs> triumph is ours but the battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron sword the evil wizard malkil will take the shape of the earth wind water and fire farewell the fate of the world is in your hands back by a beast Live the saga of Iron Sword on your Nintendo Entertainment System from a plane. Kuros? When you get hold of the Nintendo Entertainment System. When you master Rob the video robot and meet the challenge of Gyromite. When you shoot the light-sensing zapper. When you play the system with the most arcade hits, you're playing with power. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Now, you're playing with power. Okay, this one I thought was a really good one uh, about the ending of video games. Uh, Nicholas F. Bennett, who, he's a really cool guy. He's he's posted a lot on our forums, and he actually sent us a message, Landon, on, on Facebook, was talking about this cover project. And what it is, it's this website. It's basically a database of all these old retro systems um, and the scans of their manuals uh, and, and um, the covers of the games. And then it also, they also sell, the, I think within the same website, they also sell the plastic covers and everything. So if you're a perfectionist or a completist or whatever um, and you want to have a case and a cover and a manual for all of your video games you can go to this website which is www.thecoverproject.net uh, I looked at it I mean they have every th- retro system I could think of I mean they've got all the Atari systems Nintendo Super Nintendo uh, ColecoVision and television just all scans of all these old games Nicholas was the one who suggested that so thank you for that Nick and his forum topic was um, do games need a conclusion? Uh, so what do you guys think about that? Like, do you feel like you have to have an ending to a game? Yes and no. I'm kind of torn. I was kind of torn on that. That's why I'd, I never really posted back to that because I was kind of torn because I guess it depends on the game. You know, right. like your RPGs and some action and adventure games. Yeah, I could, I could see having an ending as kind of a reward for sticking through the game and playing through it and you know, you get vested into the characters and what they're trying to do. Right. On the other hand, games like... Let me think of one, just for example, like... Pac-Man, Galaga, I guess the classic arcade-style games. I don't think you have to have really a story. I mean, I like the little intermissions on Miss Pac-Man, but... <laughs> uh, it's a very in-depth storyline. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's like they meet each other, they love each other, they have a baby. I mean, come on. That's right. But... And the ghost bump heads. And the ghost bump heads. And it goes, I love that sound. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, games like that, they don't technically have to have a conclusion because it was more of a competition base with you and your friends. Right. Like, you know, well, you know, I got 25,000 on Miss Pac-Man. Well, I got 30. Well, I'm going to beat you and get 35 now. You know, it was kind of one of those deals. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I guess my answer to that is it depends... But I would like for my game to have a conclusion of some type. Right, right. How about you, Nick? Yeah, I'm going to get real bitter here for a second. Um, <laughs> I, I uh, Looking back, I am a huge Shinmu fan. I don't know if you guys have ever played that game. Uh, the first one. I've, 
I've heard so many good things about it, but I've never played it. Yeah, the first one came out on Dreamcast. I, I love, I love my Dreamcast. So that it was a, it was an open world game, and it was a very story immersive. So they came out with Shinmu, you know, Shinmu One. Of course, Sega's consoles went went to, to nothing. So they came out with Shinmu Two on the original Xbox, and so they had planned a, a, a trilogy. So apparently, no one bought Shinmu Two but me, and. <laughs> They never finished it, and I mean, it's the biggest cliffhanger in the world, and I have been on countless forums, countless petitions trying to get them to do, they were even talking about doing like a Shinmu 3 graphic novel, things like that, and, oh, wow. and, and it never happened, and, and gosh, that game came out in like 2000, I played that in high school, so over 10 years ago, and it, it, it's just been a sore spot for me for a long time, and I every, about once a year I'll go on the internet and see what's going on, uh, and it stinks because Yu Suzuki made that game, who made... Uh, you know, like uh, like he made Hang On and uh, Space Harrier and things like Virtual Fighter. Oh, classics! So, yeah, he, he he's real involved in Sega, and I guess he just didn't want to take the time to to make another one. And, it, and Shinmu was such a if you guys never like I said you never played it. It's it's very open world kind of kind of sandbox type thing, and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't like it because you, you'd have to actually go to work and drive a fort truck and stuff. And there's you know <laughs> little fi- fi- yeah, it was cool though. But there's little fight scenes, but I'm. To me, games like that, I'm, I'm right with Landon. Games like that, yes, they need a conclusion because I'm still sore about that. Um, right. And, and it, so, so was that like a uh, role-playing game series or? No, it. I can't remember how they really. It wasn't really a, a good genre for it, I guess. But I'm trying to think of what it could be like. It's one of those games where, like, you actually have to walk home and go to sleep <laughs> to, 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 go, to, to do the, to do the next day. I'm, like I said, either love it or you hate it. Right, and I loved it. And there's, there's a lot of hate for that game out there. A lot of retro gaming podcasts I've listened to just slam it, just, just mm-hmm. awful. But uh, it was real innovative, and just with the open world setting. And uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm still real bitter they never made a third one or, or closed right. the story, anyways. I, I remember. Um, I think it was XS Gaming podcast. I, it was either James or Xander said how much they love that series. Uh, and I think they actually might have released it on a newer console, like just a remake or uh, just port of it. Or at least, you know, the first two. So let me ask you this. Like, um, meant to be a trilogy? I mean, could you tell there was a lot of open ends in the oh, second game? Yeah, it left you off in the most odd area. And you had no <laughs> no clue what was going on. It just opened up. Because the, the basis of the game is this this martial arts master killed your father. And you watched it happen. So you're trying to avenge your father's death. And, you know, along the way, other cool stuff happens. But uh, yeah, it kind of reminds me of a game we're uh, going to review today. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but it's it's... If, if you have the time to sink into it, I mean, that, that's a great game to play, the first one, definitely. Because the first one kind of has a bit of a conclusion. Mm-hmm. The second one just leaves you, like, typical trilogy fashion, just leaves you hanging completely. Mm-hmm. So, but, um... Huh. Yeah. Is it pretty cheap, pretty cheap on eBay, or...? For Dreamcast, uh, I saw one mm-hmm. go for, you know, 15, 20 bucks. It's like a... Like that's a, not it's bad. like a two or three disc game. It's one of those that you know take take you quite a while. But I've beat I've beat both of those at least three or four times. That's how much I enjoy it. But, but like nice. I said, I've I've recommended it to people, and then they turn around, and pretty much slap me in the face for how, for thinking <laughs> how stupid it was. So. But it's like, dude, I had to drive a forklift. <laughs> yeah. But and and then to, to 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 another point, just real quick, I won't ramble on too much about this. Did you guys play the Mass Effect trilogy? Modern yes, modern I uh, well I, I played the first two, and the second one was one of my favorite modern games of all time. Okay. I was a little upset with that, just for the fact that on the third one, you know, they had an ending. People got mad about that ending, and they demanded the developers to redo the ending for them, and they did. And I didn't like that. I, I thought, you know, that that's the wow, art. Really? That's the art you bought. That's that's what the, you know, I, I didn't think the conclusion needed any more. I don't know. 
and, and even what they put out there, like it was, it was downloadable content, it was free. It just kind of went into the story a little bit more. But I just didn't think it was needed. So it, mm-hmm. That that was almost the need for a further conclusion. But I, I didn't agree with it. But that, that's another one of those issues. It's kind of fifty fifty. There might be people mad at that statement. Might be people people kind of <laughs> clapping their hands for what I said. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyways, I didn't mean to rant. <laughs> no, that was good. That's that was okay. real good. Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm a lot like you guys in, in the fact that it depends on which which game. If I just, you know, say if I have a rough day at work, uh, I want to play a game or something like that that uh, doesn't require a lot of thinking, <laughs> you know, so. But it's also challenging at the same time, you know, but it's just, it's just a game that puts me in a good mood. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And a game like that would be a classic arcade game like uh, Galaga or... Um, you know, Miss Pac-Man or uh, Donkey Kong or Burger Time. I mean, you know, games like that that don't have to have, you know, an ending. As a matter of fact, they they were games that really were made so that you would, you know, throw another quarter in there. You know, uh, they they didn't have to have an ending. Bottom line is you compared your high scores with other people, um, and it was very simple to pick up and very challenging to master. I love games like that. I love that. One of my favorite games of all time is actually a, a game that I've just now started playing. It's called Tapper. It's a, or Root Beer Tapper, depending on which one you play. It's a very simple game. It's basically, basically this guy who has to uh, fill up these mugs of root beer and then slide them down the, uh, this bar to the patrons. And, and the patrons kind of come out of these little um, side doors and stuff, and they come in, and, and they, ca- they keep walking closer to you. Well, it seems like an easy thing. Okay, all you do is you, you click the button twice, or click the... Uh, arcade button twice to fill up the mug and then you click it one more time to slide it over to the patron. It gets very hectic very quickly. So there's an element of challenge to that. There's no ending. It's not like, you know, the root beer tapper guy, you know, he makes millions of dollars and he's really <laughs> successful. You know, there's no, there's no sequel that I know of, but it's just fun. It's just flat out fun. It doesn't need an ending. Alright? But, you know, games, particularly role-playing games or, or games you invest a lot of time in, like survival horror games, you want to make it out there alive. You know, that I mean, you want an ending to it. Yeah. You know, you feel like you've earned that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it just it depends on which games. Now, if, if I had to choose between the two, you know, which one I prefer more, I, I, you know what? I, I'll step out on the limb and say, actually, the games that don't need a conclusion because you can always go back to them. I think there's a lot more replay value in games that don't necessarily have a conclusion. I don't know, I have a ramble there, but oh well. <laughs> Let's see, uh, next one. Oh, this one was started by a guy I, uh, that's a hoser. <laughs> he is. <laughs> All right, the next one was uh, uh, started by our, our good friend Nick. Yeah. Um, and Nick, would you like to ask this one? Sure. This is a non-gaming question. And it's, mm-hmm. what is your favorite album of the 90s? And, of course, I start all the 90s topics because I do the 90s entertainment show. He's 90s Nick. 90s Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so, Landon, what do you think, my man? If you had to pick uh, one. If I had to pick one, I really liked, and it came out toward the end of 99, I really liked the Foo Fighters' There's Nothing Left to Lose album. Ooh, nice. Ooh. I, I love the Foo Fighters. I've, I don't know what it is, but like everything they've ever done, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, their, their new album was actually very good. Their new album was really good. Nice, nice. I like Dave uh, Grohl. <laughs> He's the lead singer of the Foo Fighters. <laughs> oh, that's right. So he was um, he was the same guy who, was he the drummer of Nirvana? Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. He's got a heck of a voice for you know somebody who wasn't even the lead singer of Nirvana. Yeah. 
there's an awesome documentary we talked a little bit about on the 90s Entertainment Show. Um, you can see that he used to sing the harmony in Nirvana and stuff. So he actually really? he did a lot of backup singing before he was, you know, part of the Foo Fighters. So uh, Nick, what about you, man? It's funny that Landon said my favorite album of the 90s was The Color and Shape by Foo Fighters. Nice, <laughs> that, nice. that one came out around 96. I think it was right before um, you know, the album Landon mentioned. And I that, I went into that in the forums. That, you know, it's funny because the Foo Fighters probably aren't my favorite band. And if I had to give a list of my top five songs of all time, the Foo Fighters probably wouldn't make it. But there's something about this album from the very first song to the very last song. It just it catches me. And it, when, when I say a great album, I, I don't like to skip around on albums, I'll, I'm one of those guys that yeah, maybe I'm old school, but I just I like to hit track one and listen to the whole thing all the way through. Yeah, and, and this same here. this album, it's it's diverse. You know, it's there, there's some rocking tunes, there's some real pretty melodic uh, acoustic tunes. It's just got a little bit of everything, and I just it, it's an album that's never grown old to me. And and I've I've been burnt out on albums before. I used to say this band was my favorite band, and I can't hardly listen to the album anymore because I'm sick of it. But for right. for over 10 years, this album has never really left my playlist. It's been I've had the cassette, the CD, the MP3, the the, Sp- <laughs> the Spotify playlist. It's 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 just followed me through technology. So that's absolutely my favorite song album of the 90s. Uh, this was really hard for me because you know I guess when I first really started getting into music. I was more of an 80s guy, and I still am to this day. I have a soft spot for 80s music, and that's like everything. That's 80s pop. That's uh, 80s uh, metal. Uh, I really had to think about this. I think the one that at least stands out to me the most, Bush's first album, which was called 16 Stone. Uh, uh, do you guys did you guys ever hear that one? Yeah, Glycerine. Oh, yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. pretty much all their hits, like Everything pretty much in. half of their greatest hits <laughs> yeah, yeah. were on that album. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good album. Oh, it was great. Everything's in, like you said, uh, Glycerine, um, The Little Things. I mean, there's so many good songs on that album, and I remember them playing the heck out of that uh, on uh, WMMR back in New Jersey. So, um, yeah, good good times there. There's nothing like seeing Gavin Rosdale play Glycerine in the rain. You know, <laughs> That was just the, 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 the one scene from the 90s live concert that was just like, wow, that guy's going to get shocked. <laughs> great scene <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah and then and then another close one and uh i might get some flack for this but uh i i don't know i liked them was uh no doubts uh tragic kingdom good album yeah oh yeah. it's a great album I, you know i'm not ashamed of it i'll sing i'm just a girl <laughs> it was a good album uh it really was and it just seems to stand out to me i think that one came out in 95 so yeah. look, look at you though uh, you know gavin rosdale married gwen stefani he got a little Love connection oh, going on. Oh gosh, there. I didn't know that. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they've been married for years. No way, I didn't yep, know that. Yep. I mean, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Make yourself look good, Rob. Come on now. <laughs> sweet, sweet. Well, that's awesome. All right. I guess it's time to get into Ninja Gaiden, isn't it? Yep. All right, I gotta ask you this first, though. Uh, did you guys grow up calling it Ninja Gaiden or Ninja Gaiden? Gaiden. That's what I said. Yeah, Gaiden. You, even when you were kids? Yeah, I still say that. I don't, I don't, what's right? <laughs> uh, you're right. You, you're okay. the, you're the right one. Right. I was always corrected because I would always call it Ninja Gaiden, but yeah, yeah, it's Ninja Gaiden. You guys are right and I'm wrong. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you could eat two shoes. <laughs> All right. Well, we um, beat the English teacher. We beat the oh, English take teacher. Take off. Take off. Get out of here. <laughs> Have either of you guys played the arcade version of Ninja Gaiden? I think I did. Uh, maybe. Is it a beat em up game? It is. Okay. Maybe I did. Was there a Sega version that was a beat-em-up game? Oh, I don't know. I don't think I've... Uh, I, I, I think... 
I remember playing a beat em up game. I don't know if it was the arcade or not. Yeah, okay. yeah. What about you, Lynn? Yeah, I uh, I actually played it back in college for a couple of, well, a couple of days. I, I found an arcade cabinet in an old store that had it. What? Go really? play it. Yeah. And then it like shorted out. Like the guy's like, "Oh yeah, that thing was on its last leg." I'm like, "Well, that's fine. I'll play it till it breaks." So uh, <laughs> you broke it. Yeah, I broke it. But yeah, I remember playing that. That was a that was a pretty cool beat 'em up. Yeah, yeah. I I never I've never seen a cabinet of it. I have never seen Ninja Gaiden before. Uh, and I was surprised to to know that the arcade version didn't have a story at all. It was just basically the main character Ryu, uh, Ryu Hayabusa. Uh, goes to America, and there's six stages just like the NES port, but there's no story. It's just basically he's going to different cities beating up American people. <laughs> and, um, That's all the story you need. Yeah, That's right. <laughs> exactly. It was great. <laughs> See, I didn't need an ending for this. <laughs> um, no, it, it was great. I mean, it was actually a really fun game. And this came out about a, a year before the 1989 NES port. Um, it is a Tecmo game. In Europe, it was known as Shadow Warriors, and in Japan, it was known as Ninja Ryu Kinden, I guess? Um, I'll say that again. Ryu Kinden. Okay. It was an eight-way joystick uh, uh, game, and it had three action buttons, a grab, an attack, and a punch. And the machines, believe it or not, I don't know why I hadn't seen one, because they're fairly common. Or one thing I really like is that the sprites are much bigger, and I actually like the character design. Uh, you got like these hockey mask dudes uh, who look really cool, but the only thing I don't like is it feels much slower than the NES port uh, that was released about a year later. I'm not sure if they meant to do this, but there's a lot of weird stage designs. I mean, they're pretty, but there's a lot of inconsistency. Like there's this one ice cream shop, it's called Ice C.E. Cream. Ice C.E. Cream? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what that is. And then there's a sign for uh, Coca-Cola, but it just simply says Kaka. C-A-C-A. <laughs> that's, so, Eng that's English for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I saw that sign. I mean, it's, it's written in the, the same um, Coca-Cola letters and everything. Lots of buff dudes with Reeboks and hockey masks. Um, now, uh, like I said, there's no story, but it's not a bad game. It's just basically a straightforward beat-em-up. Uh, and the stages consist of um, Los Angeles, New York, New York City, Las Vegas. Uh, you go to the Grand Canyon, um, <laughs> and then the Transcontinental Railroad. So quite, quite the different uh, level design there. But um, uh, the levels are very colorful. There's a lot of destructible objects like barrels. Um, you can hit lights to gain weapons. Uh, vending machines, signs. Oh, by the way, I played this on Mame. So. Uh, yeah, it was really cool. You know, the characters, they look really cool, but they're mainly the same all throughout the game. The sprites are different colors, but they're the same exact character. Uh, you've got motorcycle guys you can fight. Um, and it's weird because I think it's a second game, it's second stage or third stage, you fight a boss, or actually two bosses, and they look identical to the WWF Legion of Doom guys. <laughs> Hawk and Animal. I swear, they look what just like rush. those guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, that was good, Nick. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the game over screen. Now, that's probably the thing that stands out to me the most. And I guess for people who've played Ninja Gaiden in the arcades, this is no surprise or anything. But uh, the game over screen is one of the weirdest game over screens I've ever seen. Because you see Ryo, Ryu tied down or chained down to this platform. You see all these demons. like They, they literally look like demons right around them and you see this blade coming down as the clock counts down from 10 to 1. 
when it gets to the point where it's at one, the screen just turns to a, like a blood red and it's game over. And I'm thinking, holy cow, what a game over screen. It kind of reminds me of like the Friday the 13th game over screen. It's just like so blunt and uh, out there. <laughs> you and your friends are dead. <laughs> <laughs> but see, I think that kind of defeats the purpose, you know, if, if it's an arcade machine because, I mean, it's like you, you can't look away. You want to see it go down. It's just to see what happens, right? So you're not going to throw a quarter in there, are you? Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't. I'm like, oh, I want to see if the blade actually cuts him in half. And then by that, by the time you know the, it runs out, you can't even throw another quarter in there. So uh, that kind of be, defeats the purpose of the uh, arcade machine. But still, it was really fun. I actually enjoyed this very much, so way more than I thought I would. But between the two, between the NES port and the arcade version, I've got to go with the NES port. Uh, I would give this arcade version probably around an 8 out of 10. Um, it's, it's a little bit repetitive, but again, then again, a lot of those beat-em-ups were during that time. Um, the music's very good, the character design's very good, although they recycle a lot of them. Um, but yeah, for that reason, I'd probably give it about an 8 out of 10. It's a solid game. I really enjoyed this, and it, uh, it's on MAME, so if you want to download it, it's right on there. So, uh, pretty solid game. Not bad. So, Landon, um, do you have any memories playing Ninja Gaiden? You know, when you were a kid. Uh, yeah, actually, I do. Uh, I remember Nintendo Power had kind of done this uh, player's guide for the second Ninja Gaiden game, and I saw it, you know, and I went and rented it and really got into it. And you know, I rented the place I rented at. The guy's like, you know, there's a uh, there's a, a prequel to that, the first one. And I said, oh, really? He's like, yeah, yeah. You know, I just got it in, so I checked it out. And I like the, I like the second one, but the first one is still a solid game on its own. Like I sat there and watched the the opening screen where the two like ninjas are out in the field getting ready to fight each other and all that. And I'm even small little like six seven year old me was getting pumped up about that. So <laughs> and just like the whole graphics, the story, uh, the cutscenes, everything just just kind of blew me away. Even even the difficulty, like I. I think I made it to like level two when I was younger, so I've not done much better since then, but uh, that was one of the things that stood out to me the most was it was one of those games where it was difficult, but at the same time I kept wanting to play it because it was difficult. Oh yeah, it uh, and I like the boss designs in it too, the bosses and the, the enemy designs yes. were really cool. Yeah, they were. I, I remember I think it's the first stage or the second stage there's a guy with like meat cleavers. Uh, yeah, it, it was kind of uh, almost like a, straight out of a horror movie. It looked awesome. Yeah. And just, and just the, the demon um, statue thing, it looks awesome. It, it looks like it looks like um, the alien from Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting, like, a, you know, the, the skull to crack open and, like, another little alien was inside. <laughs> Welcome to Earth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Punch it. Uh, so how about you, Nick? Did you uh, grow up playing this game? Yeah, um... I always remember my brother always going out. He's six years older than me, but he'd always go out and rent games. And this was, there was always like a group of games, like maybe 10 or 20 games we would always consistently rent. We might as well just bought them, the kind of money we spent. <laughs> but I, I, I remember him getting Ninja Gaiden all the time. And um, it, to me, it was kind of like a, 
a little bit more accessible and fast version than Castlevania. Uh, don't get me wrong, I love, love, love Castlevania, but I felt like this one is just a little easier to pick up and play. It was a lot more fast-paced. Had a lot of similarities as Castlevania and the fact that you really only get that one attack that goes uh, you know, in one direction, and then when you press up and hit the attack button, you get your secondary attack. But, uh, right. but yeah, I mean, it, it was. I'm kind of right there with Landon. I don't remember getting much further than probably the second stage when I was a kid, but it was just so much fun to play that first stage, and you could just do it over and over again. I, I love the wall grabbing and the you know, bouncing back and forth between the walls and the platforming, yeah. which is real solid on here. You can. I love how you can kind of control how you're going to go as you, even after you jump, you can kind of scoot back a little bit. But yeah, absolutely, I, I love this game. And, um, I played the second one and the third one, and I, I did enjoy those, but it felt like we played the first one a whole lot more. I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe the rental store just didn't have the other ones. <laughs> but, right. but yeah, I'm, I'm, great memories of this game. I remember uh, my buddy uh, Scott, oh, when I, um, I, it must have been probably 1990, 1991 or whatever, uh, he would come over to my house and he had two games that I didn't have. Uh, he had Contra and he had Ninja Gaiden. And I remember when I first played it, the first thing that grabbed me was the cutscene at the very beginning. Uh, and, and to this day, I mean, just playing this again all these years later, that is an awesome first cutscene. Yeah, I mean, you don't even have to press start. As soon as you cut on the game, it goes right into that cutscene with uh, the red ninja and the, the gray ninja, you know, charging through this, this moonlit field. Uh, and you really have no idea what's going on. Uh, and then you see them kind of duel, and uh, it's a great shot. I mean, it's very cinematic because you have both ninjas kind of in the moonlight. You hear this kind of, uh, I guess, blade ching. I don't know what you call it. but uh, And then one of them falls to the ground uh, and dies. And then you realize later on that that was the main character's father. And then, you know, the whole... Basically, that's the whole part of the plot. But I, I think for me as a kid... It made me care more because there was an actual story involved. I love Castlevania very much so. Like, uh, I remember um, playing the first one all the time. And, and Simon's Quest as well, the second one. But I think this platformer, just because it had so many cinematic cutscenes, uh, it just seemed to make me want to care more. Plus, it, it was a little bit faster paced. Now, I, I love, you know, the horror characters of Castlevania and everything. I mean, I, I love scary games. I, I'll always love them the best. As far as caring about the storyline, based on the cutscenes, I guess I kind of cared about this a little bit more. Because basically, you're trying to find out what's happened to your dad. Why did somebody kill him? And what was his dad protecting that was so important that he gave up his life for? Yeah, I, I just remember that first cutscene really sticking out in my mind. The other thing I remember is when I finally got it myself, uh... About a year or two later, <laughs> I, I would get so mad at the game because I'd only get to like stage three. I start slamming my controller, and my mom would be like, "Go to your room." <laughs> so, uh, you know, she she did not like me slamming the controller down. I, I remember getting um, I remember getting grounded for that one time. She's like, "I'm, I'm gonna unplug your Nintendo." <laughs> but yeah, I remember that quite a bit. So um, yeah, I guess that's uh, what I remember. All right, so Landon, you want to go over the gameplay a little bit, my man? Sure. Um, like we we've said, it's a it's a platforming adventure game. Uh, your basic attack is a sword slash. If you hold up and hit the attack, you'll use a secondary weapon. I'm trying to think what all secondary weapons are were. There was like a regular throwing star, like a it was like a fireball or something. Too. Like a fireball. There was a special one that like you would get, and the fire would go around you, and like nobody could hurt you for a limited amount of time. Uh, there was one called like the windmill star like you could throw it and jump and it would like swirl around you for a little bit and then disappear uh but the the main method of getting around on these stages was 
jumping back and forth between like walls and ledges and climbing up ladders and you know being a being a ninja in general basically I guess you could say I'm trying to think there were six levels and was it two or three acts per le- or two or three levels per act I know there were some that definitely had three but I'm not sure if mm-hmm. there were some that just had two yeah it varied um, I think the first I'm looking I'm cheating right now but uh, the first <laughs> one had two stages and act two had three act three had three Act 4 had 4, and Act 5 has 4, and then Act 6 has 5. So, yeah, it kind of went back and forth. What were the locations? Were they, exact, were they the exact same in the NES port as the arcade port? I don't think they were. I don't think they were either. I know there was the city, like the prison. Canada was one of them. Like, you went to Canada to find this guy that was with your dad helping him protect the, the statues, and it was kind of like a wilderness, like, mountain range, mountaintop. But, oh, was that the snow stage? Yeah, I think it was. Like where the yeah, hawks. Yeah, I think that's would, like stage three. Yeah. The hawks would swoop down and like you'd have to either duck or hit them. And, right. Uh, I think the Amazon rainforest was one level. I think that was the fourth act, the jungle area, and then it goes to the actual, I guess, like demon world, maybe, or where, where the where the main antagonist is at. I guess you would say. And just to throw something out there, uh, I think it was the Canada level. Did that first level where it looked like it was the the lake kind of reminds you of Camp Crystal Lake from Friday the 13th. <laughs> it, it did. It, it, really, it really did. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just I, I, I took I, I took that down as a random note, so I had to throw that out there. <laughs> I only got to, I think, stage 4-2. I don't even think I made it to stage 5 because I, I couldn't beat the stage 4 boss. I just died so many times, and I just kind of gave up. I, here, here's what I do know. Bottom line is, okay, you're, you're trying to find out what happened to your father. I think, what does the father send a letter home right before the duel? If, if Destiny proves that I, I don't live through this duel, I want you to talk to, I think, an archaeologist by the name of uh, Walter Smith. Was that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's about this ancient relic. I can't remember the rest. I, mean, I, I remember you um, you run into this lady who shoots you, but it's actually more or less like a tranquilizer. Knock you unconscious and I guess talk some sense in you. And she, she hands him this statue that looks like a little demon or an alien or whatever it is. He goes to see Walter Smith and like an assassin shows up and he kills Walter and he steals both the statues. And... Oh, what a jerk. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He, he definitely wasn't from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, he would have gave him a donut if he was from Canada. He's like, here you go, buddy, have a donut. <laughs> it's a jelly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, after the assassin kills Walter and runs off with the statues, like the CIA come and they capture Ryu and they're like, look, you know, you're going to you're gonna get these statues back for us or, or else, you know, we can't have these statues falling into the wrong hands. That's when you get dropped off into the rainforest, and that's about as far as I've made it. I know you're after a guy they call the Jaku or the Jaku. He's got a French-sounding name, and like, so what do the statues do? Like, I, I guess when you put them together, they portal or something. Yeah, they kind of like make this portal, and like this dude who's supposedly like the strongest demon ever comes out, and he'll do like if you've got both of the statues, he'll do whatever you tell him. So it's kind of that's kind of why the one dude's wanting to the Chaku is trying to get the, the two statues so he can control that thing and rule the world. And and the part I made it to and it's funny because I've never seen this. Uh, the first boss on the on Act Six, it, his name is the Masked Devil. It actually ends up being your your father, uh, Ken. <laughs> right? What really? Yeah, right. His father's name is Ken. But um, it's actually like a uh, it's kind of like possessed, I guess, and they're kind of controlling him. 
So you actually fight him, and then you fight that guy that Landon tried to pronounce, and I can't say it either. Jacques yeah. Guillaume. Jack, Jack yeah. And then at the oh. end, at the very last boss is the is the black demon. Sweet. Yeah, it's, it's nice. kind of a big spoiler there. I, I didn't realize that. Because I, I, to today I've made it further than I ever made it. I actually got it uh, all the way to 6. I beat 6-2, which is apparently like the... Uh, the infamous hard level, which I, I don't know how in the world I did it, but I, I beat it. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I got the 6-4, which I was fighting the uh, masked devil, and I couldn't beat him. So. Nice. So I, nice. I think I was just too shocked that it was my father. You know, I didn't want, I didn't want to hurt him. <laughs> so that, that, that's my excuse. <laughs> and I also love how fast-paced it is. You know, I mean, it, the, the controls feel very tight in this game. Um, probably tighter than the arcade game that I played, at least. And the bosses, like you said, Landon, they look really cool. They all look like they're straight out of a horror movie, to be honest. I mean, do you guys hate the eagles as much as I do? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, I hate those things. Golly. It was either stage three or stage four. You're hopping on these platforms, and those eagles kept knocking me off. And, yeah, I was I was getting tired last night anyway, and I was like, you know, I, I, can't, I can't deal with this. I'm cutting this game off. <laughs> there were a few spots where I knew if I just jumped into the eagle, it would shoot me to the next platform. <laughs> <So> <laughs> there you go. I, there I didn't, you even, go. didn't even try to kill it. No, no, you just let it hit you, and then you, you bump on over the other side. Yep, yep. <laughs> nice, nice. Kudos to the people out there that have beaten it. As a matter of fact, um, had a question on the Retro Junkies uh, Facebook page, how many have actually beaten it? And there's been far more people say they haven't than they have, You know, at least the honest way. Now, I'm not even sure if this is the type of game where the Game Genie would help. Okay, well, while I'm putting up these comments, what do you guys think? Do you, you guys think this game holds up, you know, all these years later? I mean, this came out in 1989. Definitely, because you've already touched on it, that the controls are excellent. I mean, as fast-paced as it is, you have to have controls that are going to keep up and, and be tight. Uh, the graphics, you know, the, the, the level graphics are good, but where the game really shines through are the cutscenes where... The, it advances the story and that's another thing I really liked about this was that you know you actually cared about the characters and who was doing what and why they were doing it and, but overall I definitely think it holds up definitely 100% nice well, what would you give it out of a 1 to 10 rating I'd give it a 9 it's it's that good it's one of those that I always try to go back and think hey maybe I can beat it now and then I don't and I end up spending 3 or 4 hours on it and I'm just dejected <laughs> Then I come back again, you know, two or three months later and try again. Yeah, it definitely holds up. Um, I mean, any Tecmo game, Nintendo, most of oh, them. Yeah. I'm not going to say oh, yeah. that, but uh, I, I'm a huge fan of Tecmo and, and all the games. Even the sports games are fantastic. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. I, I'm surprised they haven't tried to do, like, a uh, HD remake of this. You know, I, I know they've done uh, the new Ninja Ga Gaidens, Gaidens, whatever you call it. I don't, yeah. I, I don't even know what I call it. But I, I know they, <laughs> they did the new ones for the Xbox and, and things like that. And, and they were all right. You just big time hack and slash I know that people really enjoyed those but mm -hmm. I think it'd be cool to see an HD remake of that on Xbox Live Arcade or PSN or something because because I, I see that style of game keep getting resurrected you have a lot of just these 2D platformers with, with fast paced action and I absolutely think that that would work but uh, I'm right with Landon when, when you asked for a rating in my head it was 9 out of 10 so right, right, right. there with you but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I agree with you guys. Uh, this this is one of those games that's frustratingly hard. It's a well-made game. I mean, the music in it is fantastic. The storyline makes you actually care about what's happening in the game. Controls are very tight. This is just a solid game. I'm looking at the uh, Junkies post right now, and I've got... Uh, it says, uh, Aaron McCracken says, I've beaten Ninja Gaiden multiple times without Game Genie. I have managed to beat the game within an hour. 
That's... Wow. <laughs> I probably didn't die. Yeah, it's... I mean, and, and once you get the pattern, like, I can make it to stage four pretty fast, but even mm. after stage four, I die a lot. Which is another, right. another great thing about this game, why Game Genie probably wouldn't help it, is you get this infinite continues, which you don't, exactly. see, you don't see that a lot, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful oh, you absolutely. do get that. Yeah, oh, gosh, imagine how frustrating it would be if, if you had to start all over oh, from the beginning. I know, I know. So, like, you know, uh, safe states and things like that that a lot of people would probably use really, I mean, doesn't really do a lot. It just saves you some time from getting to that, uh... <laughs> right. Stage 6 or whatever. So do you guys think this game's harder than the Castlevania games for the NES? Hmm, that's Ooh. a good question. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I say for me, because I've actually beat 1 and 3. Nice. Uh, uh you know, but uh, I did it, gosh, when I was a better gamer when I was a kid. <laughs> I don't know if I could do it these days. And, uh, I, I, yeah, and I beat 2, um, with a Game Genie. Uh, so they're, they're beatable, and it's just like, I guess, a lot of the side scrolls from that time, you basically just had to memorize patterns and kind of build up your timing and everything. I think this game is far more difficult, but that that's just my opinion, but yeah. yeah. I can't even come close to uh, beating this game. Yeah, I was all excited when I made it past uh, X6 or whatever. My, I was giving my son a high five. He was, he was sitting beside me playing the Wii, some Wii sports game or something, and I, I get so excited. <laughs> Good job, Daddy. You did it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, I guess that's it for our Ninja Gaiden review. Uh, I think we all agree that it's a solid game. Okay, the next game we're going to be covering, we cannot tell you the answer. Or we cannot tell you what it is, but we can tell you that it sounds like this. Alright, so we encourage you guys to join our forums at www.theretrojunkies.com. Please join the forums. There's a lot of good stuff on there. Uh, not It doesn't all have to be uh, video game related. There's some Ninja Turtle stuff on there. There's uh, some 90s entertainment on there. there uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all kinds of good stuff. Just just join our forums. We'd love to have you on, on the uh, oh, the website. And check out our Facebook pages. I think our Facebook page is uh, facebook.com slash theretrojunkiesupershow. And our Ninja Turtles... Uh, podcast Turtle Flakes is facebook.com slash Turtle Flakes Podcast. Check out our buddy John's pages. Uh, you can actually look these up on Facebook. Uh, you can search for Nerd Noise Radio Channel 1 and Channel 2 on Facebook. So be sure to give John some uh, some love and let him know that you're uh, that you're listening in. Yeah, and check out these crazy cats over at the NAS Podcast. <laughs> I don't think they're just some cool guys over there. I, I give them all the all the due respect in the world. But uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> almost as cool as us, eh? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm actually a little bit more humble than that. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, check us out uh, NES Podcast '90s Entertainment Show at Facebook.com/slash NES Podcast. All right, and check out our buddy uh, Jeff's Facebook site. It's Facebook.com/slash Old School Games Are Us. All right, guys. Well, we wish you all a good day and good gaming, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Yay. <laughs> King versus Kong. Bye-bye. Uh, <laughs> you got to keep that in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a real. <laughs> I love it. Oh, uh, let's see. Let me do that again. Ah, uh, living the dream. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. I talked over your intro. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm great. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. That's good. Yeah. You know, should, should we do that over? We should probably do that over. Yeah, let's do that over. <laughs> let's do it over. Bloopers. <laughs> yeah, we'll put that I'm in telling there. you, Rob, that's the shirtless champion turbo edition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's an inside joke. Uh, 
Uh, Landon, I didn't know this at the time, but Landon has made it a tradition that he does the podcast shirtless. Like, I'm just too lazy to put a shirt on. <laughs> and King versus Kong uh, by my front. <laughs> I'm going to say that name here in a minute. <laughs> does he have the mute button on or are we losing? I don't know. Have to do, we have to do the Metal Gear Solid. Nick. 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 <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. All right, Amarillo. I like robots.